Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. We actually only operate off one set of sheets. You grot. What How do you recommend? It's not like we only wash them once a year. Organising. <laughs> Organising ostrich? I don't know. <laughs> no, all the OTs are going, mm, yes, but we have a technical word for that. <laughs> yes, send it through to us. <laughs> Educate us, please. Welcome. This week we're talking about the magic number. We'll chat about how exactly you can work out the magic number to keep your clutter in check. It's amazing because when I think of it like the magic number, I imagine there's this like mystical equation that you can put in all the numbers. (laughs) A genie with a wand. But I think it's because I'm doing so much stats revision at the moment. Oh. So I'm like, oh, X equals Y plus B minus A, that's not an equation or maybe it is, who knows. But It is, I remember that from high school. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) A plus B equals C and all those different fun things. (laughs) But the magic number, it's magic for a reason um, because it's unique to each of us but it's not actually um, a magical equation, is it? No, so it's not actually about finding, yeah, this this equation and putting in things um, that apply to you personally and then pop out comes um, your magic genie. Number, no. The magic number is more about a strategy. So it's a strategy that you can use to help you without emotion work out what's the basic number of things that you need. So what it comes down to essentially is say you had to start fresh again and you needed to buy new clothes, new towels, new cups, mugs, plates, all that kind of stuff. What's the minimum number, the magic number that you would need to buy to be able to get through. And we always use towels as a, a really good example because we use towels every day and everybody is so different. I always find this really interesting. But if you had to buy towels again for your family, how many towels would you need to buy? This is the question though, isn't it? Like when people are decluttering and they look at their linen cupboard and they see that they've got a bunch of towels, a bunch mm. of sheets or whatever it might be, they look at it all and they think, useful, towels are useful, sheets are useful, oh, I might need it for this, oh, and for this, and for this. And it's like, how many do I realistically need? Maybe I'm trying to be a minimalist and I want to really whittle down my amount so that I've only got the bare essentials and, you know, a few just-in-case items and, you know, I'm all good to go. Maybe I'm going to be going on a, a big trip in a caravan and never living in a big house again and I really need to whittle things down or whatever it might be. This idea of asking the question about what my magic number is when it comes to towels is an important one because it helps us really evaluate the clutter that we may have in a cupboard and the decision-making that we make around wanting to hang on to something. And I think the reason that the magic number is so effective as a strategy because when we have, say, that stack of towels and we might have like 25 of them, we look through and we go, oh, This one feels really nice. Oh, I love the color of this one. Oh, this one was so expensive. We have like these emotional kind of connections to them. Whereas if it's pre-looking at the towels, we know that there's too many towels. The cupboard's overflowing. We can't keep them all. There's always this huge backlog of washing because it all gets bottlenecked. The magic number is this strategy that we can use that basically goes, okay, there are four people in my family. We need one towel each. We like to wash our towels once a week. We might like to have one towel each and then one in the wash as a spare. So our magic number of towels is eight. Maths. 
It is maths and it is, it is basic and it is really simple. But say, for example, you've actually got a couple of beds that you use for guests sometimes and maybe you can have four guests. You might say, okay, well, our magic number for our family is eight, but I'm going to keep four guest towels as well. So your new magic number is 12. So that means when you go to the cupboard to look at that linen, instead of going, oh, I love this one, oh, I love this one, you can say 12, right, I want 12 towels. What are the 12 best towels? What are the four nice guest towels that I want to keep aside just for the guests? Mm -hmm. And what are the eight towels that I want to keep for my family? Now, these rules are really important and they're great because they help us establish boundaries. Boundaries are good. Boundaries are key. We need them everywhere, but especially in our homes when it comes to physical boundaries of space. So when you open up that cupboard in the kitchen and you look at all the mugs or the teacups or whatever it is that you're looking at and you think, wow, this space is overwhelming and I have to, you know, like bring a whole stack out and unstack them to get the one that I want and, you Mm. know, like you're teetering things up on top of each other and you know it's not functional – A system, a strategy that you can use is the magic number because it can help you firstly before you even get in there and want to purge and whatever you think you're going to do, you actually systematically think, okay, what is it that I need? What is it that I actually need regardless of emotional attachment and then I'm going to open that cupboard? And it's such a logical step to take. It's such a logical strategy and it doesn't let emotions get in the way. And I will give you a caveat because there have been plenty of clients who have said, okay, my magic number is eight and we get through and we pick the eight, but they've still got maybe two other towels, for example. Oh, I I still really, really like these. Can I have 10? And I go, of course you can have 10. Just because you said eight before doesn't mean that we can't be flexible and compromise on 10. Like you had 25 towels and now you're down to 10. I think we're winning. Yeah, we're making, you know, we're making steps in the right direction. It almost sounds like progress and not perfection. That's that's a really good mantra. Maybe we should really incorporate that we should in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just another strategy you guys can use. It's something that if you haven't considered and you're feeling like you want another tool in your toolkit, the magic number is something that can really help you. So there are heaps of different ways that you can go about implementing it. But with all things, you really do need to make a plan ahead of time. Now, you've sparked a thought in me, Bonnie. So let's say, for example, let's go back to mugs. And let's say you open that cupboard and you've already decided what your magic number is and that the magic number for your family is eight. And you open it up and you see you've got 24 mugs in there and you get your eight out and then you start going, oh, that one's really special. That's from this memory. Or, oh, that one I got made by a potter over in North Carolina when I was working over there and I miss all my friends. Um, You know, potentially that's happened to you. Anyone else? No No. emotional issues here whatsoever. just me. I have a bunch of beautiful pottery mugs. I just love them so much. You do. They are very nice. They're sentimental but they're also functional and I drink out of them and I have a favourite so I don't really drink out of the other ones. Confessions. Which um, is the (laughs) favourite? (laughs) The favourite's actually one from New Zealand. Um, It just like it's really nice mouthfeel. That's really important in a mug, isn't it? Is that a word, mouthfeel? Oh, yeah, mouthfeel. All the OTs right now are going, no. No, all the OTs are going, "Mm, yes, but we have a technical word for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, send it through to us. (laughs) Educate us, please. But it's easy um, when we open things up, we might have like sentimental attachments and they can be a bit of a barrier when we're going through with our magic number. Mm. So let's say your magic number, as I said, is eight and you've got the 24 mugs. You may then have a look at these other mugs and think, okay, I'm noticing that even though I've picked this magic number and I know that's practical for my family and I know that this space isn't working for me, I need to do something with these few sentimental mugs. So what you could do Mm. is pencil holders around the house. That's a good one. Yep. Or you can uh, use them as pots. So little cactuses, um, put the cacti. 
Plants. Plural of plants. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can do things <laughs> like that with those. You can get get creative and then potentially you've got ones that are so special that you like don't even drink out of them and then they go in your memory box. Or they go in your display cabinet if you still have that. But the other thing that you sparked a thought in me with what you were just saying is I've had the situation before where a client has been going through and, and she used the magic number to pick her towels but then she still had like, you know, quite a few sets of nice towels that she had bought that hadn't really been used and they were still in like excellent condition and she wasn't ready to let them go because she's not in a financial position anymore that when these other ones run out, she would need more. And so I said to her, okay, that's fine. What we'll do is you pick a couple of the extra nice ones. I think there might've been six or eight extra ones and we'll stick them in a plastic tub. We'll put them in your garage. We'll seal the tub up nice and tight so that nothing happens to it. You know, no air gets in or whatever. And that way, when you go through your towels and they start getting a bit ratty and whatever, instead of needing to go to the shops to fork out and buy new ones, you just come and shop downstairs from your garage. And she was like, that is awesome. That is such a great way that I'm not wasting the money I've already spent. It's out of your prime real estate. Yeah, still shopping at home. Yes, but she's feeling like she's not actually just contributing to the waste problem that we have in this world. So that was, that was a good solution. And you can do that too. And there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. So like yeah. anything in life, it's not black and white. Um, you know, with that example you're using before, Bon, it's not, oh, I can only have 10 or oh, I can only have eight. It's like, no, if you if you need to have a few extras, be flexible. But also boundaries are important. So if we push all the boundaries, are we really going to be resolving that issue of clutter that we have in that cupboard or in that space? So it's a bit of a balance. We've got to make sure that we stick to our guns, but be flexible and reasonable as well. So for example, let's say that you're tackling your linen cupboard and you notice you have a bunch of towels and you're someone who goes camping a lot and you don't like to take good towels camping. Yes, this is a really good point. And we have this in our camping kit. We have some old towels that people, not old, but like towels that didn't match, we didn't really like. When we actually went through and invested in towels that we color-coded our towels, I will have you know, because I have three children, four on the way. So we went through and we specifically went, okay, here's a color for each of you. And now I know when there is a pink towel on the floor, it is my daughter that has left that pink towel on the floor. And I don't have to walk around and go, who left the towel on the floor? And then have a bunch of kids go, he did it. She did it. Like I know exactly who's done it. So when we went and made that investment and got towels that color-coded for the kids, matched for us. We had a bunch of these random old towels that were still fine, still good. They didn't need to be dog towels or anything like that. So we went, okay, we'll put them in the camping kit. So now we have these towels, one each in the camping kit, ready to go. Perfect. And so that's something you need to consider when you're doing your number as well. And like when you were using the example before, Bon, of the guests, the guests that come to stay. So there are these situations that we need to think about what do we need every day for my family? And then, you know, one just, you know, kind of one just in case that would be One in use, one in the wash is a really good, I guess, mantra to have. And the other thing to think about when we're talking about towels in particular is do you have any cleanup towels? Do you have doggy type towels where if the dog needs to come in and sleep in the laundry because there's a thunderstorm happening or go to the vet or go to the vet um, or the dishwasher leaks or the washing machine overflows, do you have a couple of towels that can actually help in that situation to mop up the mess? How many do you actually need for that? Because quite often when our towels get older and a bit ratty, we just go and stick them in a cleaning cupboard and then all of a sudden our cleaning towels are overflowing and we don't need 10 of them, but maybe a couple of them would actually be really handy. It's like the bag of rags. Yeah, rags are really useful, yeah. but where's the limit? Yep. So with all of these things, we, we come up with a magic number because it helps us make a decision mm. and decision making is hard. Actually, on that note, we should mention we have created a new decision making 
making tree. Yes. It's our latest freebie because we're constantly thinking of ways that we can help you in your decluttering process at home and trying to get organized. And we're looking at the common barriers that you face and trying to help you overcome them. And so one of the things that's come back to us over the last couple of months is people get really, and you've seen this for years, Bon, people get really stuck with making a decision. So they'll have the item in front of them and they're just thinking, ah, I'm just not 100% sure. So we've got something to help you. So what it is, is it's a decision-making tree and let's take a antique clock and you'll hold that antique clock up and then you'll look at the decision-making tree and it'll ask you a question. The first one is, do you need it, use it or love it? And then depending on your answer, it'll send you down different branches of the tree and you follow all the way until it gets to a recommended suggestion for what you do with that item. Mm. Yeah. And we found it to be really handy. We've had some really, really good feedback about it and it's designed to help you make those decisions because sometimes we just get stuck when we need to get out of our own head. Yep, we need something that's just a little bit logical, like the magic number, to help us make those decisions. So how do people get it? So you can just get head to our website, littlehomeorganized.com.au forward slash decluttering decision tree or just head to our main page and you'll see it on the main page there. And also I'll throw it in the show notes as well. I think it's time for a listener question. You've got mail. So uh, we're starting a new segment on the show and it is the opportunity for you to message in. You can leave an audio message or just flick it through as a text on any of our social media platforms. Feel free to send us an email. And all we want to hear from you is a question about something that has got you stumped in your own house. So a decluttering dilemma and organizing. (laughs) What starts with O, Bonnie? Organizing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) organizing ostrich I don't know (laughs) I don't know something that's got you and a bit of a pickle in your house and so first question that's been sent in is from Jodie in Brisbane Australia and Jodie says I have been handed a large number of doilies from my grandmother I don't use them or feel overly attached to them but I'm struggling to make a decision on what to do with them what should I do oh the doilies are a really tough one because People don't make things like that anymore. Like it used to be such a skill to be able to crochet, to doily things. Like people, we just don't do that sort of that craftsmanship so much anymore. And there is that emotional attachment of like, it's from my grandmother, it's sentimental, but on the flip side, I'm not using them. Mm. So potentially like if you like the look of them and you could use them, could you put them under some, like a fruit bowl? Under your plants. Under your plants, (laughs) especially if you have as many as I do, you'd use all those doilies up. You could. And I've seen people do doilies on the outside of like reusable shopping bags. I mean, if you search online, there's a lot of ideas. And if you've got a particular idea that you have used for your doilies or your crocheted blankets or baby gowns. Send it in. Send it in to us so that we can share it so that Jodie can see these are the options. If you do want to keep a couple of them, what you can actually do with them so that they're being honored and not just stored away. Yes. And so you can head to Pinterest, check out all these ideas. But Jody, if you find that you are ready to let go of them, of course, go ahead and donate them. And potentially you keep one or two of your favorite ones and you pop them somewhere where you keep your sentimental things so that you hold that piece of your grandmother, but you can also reclaim that space back in your cupboard. Because we could all do with a little more space, couldn't we? We could. <clears throat> On that note, you're sitting way too close to me, Bonnie. Oh, 1.5 meters. Personal space. <laughs> I think I'm as far over as I can go. (laughs) (laughs) So if you've got a question, we would love to hear it. Um, Send it into the podcast and we will answer it on an upcoming episode.
Okay, so we're talking about the magic number and how it can apply. Let's maybe go through each of the rooms in the house and give some examples of how it can apply. Yes, some practical solutions. So we've focused a lot on towels because that's a big one. So I Mm. would say I like the rule of one to be in use and one for the wash. But potentially if you're someone who has like a really strict washing routine, you don't even need that extra one. I actually once a few years ago did this um, workshop at a senior centre and this lady and I was talking about this exact scenario, the magic number, towels, one in use, one in the wash, like that means you need two, blah, 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 blah. And she put her hand up and she said, what if you use a fresh one every day? And I was like, what a life of luxury. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, let's explore that. And so I said, you know, how many people feel like they're in the same boat using one a day? And all these oldies, (laughs) so gorgeous, they turn around and they're like, no way, that's way too much washing. And I thought, yeah, you're right on the money. That's a lot of washing. That is a lot of washing. But, you know, isn't it funny? We have these like these little things that bring us joy and, you know, potentially for her it's a freshly washed towel on her face. Yeah. But also – um. They harbour bacteria and that's gross. So <laughs> you should be washing things very Ew. regularly. So that should be something to consider in your magic number as well. But the other thing to consider and why I feel like you only need to wash them once a week. Actually, I'm pretty sure before kids I only washed towels mate, once a fortnight, but maybe that's changed since then. When you use a towel, you're clean. You're just literally drying off. And if you hang it straight back up somewhere where it's actually going to get proper airing and it dries really quickly, then there isn't necessarily this need because when we use like little, you know, hooks and stuff and it's only hanging off a single hook and it takes a while for it to air out and to dry, well then, yeah, of course – uh, we want to wash them a little bit more often, but that's why it's so important to invest in in proper fixtures and fittings in your bathrooms because when your towel has a, its own railing to be able to dry on properly, it does save you washing in the long run. Bonnie, I'm in the linen cupboard. I'm looking at my sheets. How many do I need? This is definitely a personal question, I have to admit. We actually only operate off one set of sheets. Yes, we talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah. You grot. But for the average person, <laughs> what How do you recommend? It's not like we only wash them once a year. To be fair, I think we're in a similar boat. I think we just have our summer and our winter sheets. So you sheets. just accuse me of being a grot and you're just the same. Oh, I don't deny I'm a grot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason that one set of sheets actually works so well is I don't love folding sheets. So what we do is we wash them on a day once a week where it's going to be breezy. Done. And hot and we wash them straight away in the morning and then they're on the bed ready to go at night time. And that just works really well for us. And saves you some cupboard space too. It saves you cupboard space. It saves me having to fold things. And it also saves that backlog. Like how many times have you taken old towels or old sheets off to wash but you don't wash them straight away and so they just kind of pile up in the laundry on the floor and then you, you don't get to them for a few days or maybe a week and that's when they start to smell or it becomes a problem. If you actually have a really low number of towels, of sheets, you have to wash them because you need to use them again. So it means that you don't have that waiting period in between. It's true. I think there are definitely pros and cons to having more a more minimalist approach with your magic number mm. and with going for a little bit more buffer room with the just-in-case stuff. So that's kind of our linen cupboard, the bathroom, you know, a lot of questions around the towels. Let's go jump into the wardrobe. So what about shoes? Oh, shoes is a very personal one. And I'm going to say tough I'm going to say this about everybody, every every item that we talk about because it is Broad personal. disclaimer, it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> Totally personal. But what are some questions we should ask when we're trying to figure out our magic number and we're looking at our shoes? Uh, How many feet do you have? 
I have two. Good. Excellent. Okay. So that's one pair of shoes. Uh, And how many days in the week are there? There are seven. Right. And how many of your last seven days have you worn the same pair of shoes? Uh, Every day bar when I go for a walk and I wear runners. And so how many pairs of shoes have you actually used in the last seven days? Two. Right. Hmm. So I'm not saying your magic number is two because we have special occasions and things like that. But there's this Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule that basically says 80% of our stuff we only use it 20% of the time. But the 20% of our stuff, the two pairs, for example, we use them 80% of the time. So that's what you want to think about when you're actually culling down to your magic number. What are my favorites that I wear constantly throughout the week? They're the ones that definitely have to stay, but then maybe I can make a bit more of an allowance to say goodbye to some of the other ones. The 80-20 rule, you heard it here. I love the Pareto principle. It's just brilliant. So on a previous episode, Wardrobe Boys, we talked about one of the ways that you can kind of figure out what you're actually wearing, which will help you figure out how Mm. much clothing you actually need. And that's the hanger trick. We mention it all the time because it's actually exceptionally visually practical. So if you haven't embraced the hanger trick, yet. Uh, You can find out a bit more about it by listening back to that episode. But the gist of it is basically turn your hangers around the opposite way, put all your clothing back on it. And as you use clothes, turn the hangers around the right way. And then after a set time period, you'll see what you actually do wear. That'll help you cull down your wardrobe and figure out kind of your magic number of t-shirts, my magic number of pants. We don't need as much as we think we need. No. And if you think in terms of like, how often do you go to the gym? Maybe you go five days a week and you wash your gym clothes after every wear. Maybe you only actually need three sets of gym clothes if you're a minimalist. Maybe you need the full five in case you have one of those weeks where you don't get to wash until the weekend. That can help you determine your magic number in the wardrobe as well. How many mowing shirts do you need? How many times do you mow? You know how we like hang on to those Who old has shirts? A mowing shirt? And they'll be like, my husband. Oh, but okay. that makes sense because you have to, or when he weed eats, he has to have like the length so it weed doesn't like. Well, it's such a weed po- eating. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't. Hum, 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 hum. <laughs> <laughs> whippersnippering. You know what? My father-in-law. Weed, weed whacking, weed, weed whacking. eating, whippersnipping. Okay. Oh, there's another one. Can't well, think of it. While you're thinking on it, my father-in-law actually used to have like a full overall set that he would put yeah, on. Yeah, you don't want to get that grass over you. It's itchy. Yeah, but see, that's but one of the best things about living in Australia is that you do it on a hot day. You go and you have a shower or you jump in the pool afterwards and you cool you off. You clearly have not done enough mowing. I get whipped with rocks. Maybe you need to grow some more grass. Yeah, I know. We've got a bit of a dirt patch situation. Yeah, that's Anyway, the point like. is like sometimes you do have mowing shoes. Like I've got a pair of mowing shoes. They're my old runners because you I don't want to ruin my – you would for other things besides just mowing, wouldn't you? you no. Would, like, well, what if you need if to, I did to a mud, paint? If or, I, yeah, yes, sorry, true. Yeah, if I did like a mud run or something, I'd wear them because they're, the old, they're the old pair that need <laughs> to have a reasonable amount of support. Do you remember they always used to ask when you went on camp for like a pair of kayaking shoes? Yes. And it was always like your old pair of runners that you would use yeah so there's like a reason yeah but you don't need 10 pairs of those because back to your question of how frequently you do (laughs) do that like let's say you mow once a week then you know you don't need four pairs of those shoes likewise you don't need Mm. four pairs of old daggy shirts that are suitable for the garden or for painting or for yeah DIY how often are you doing that? Yeah. You have a washing machine, unless you're using it once and then having to throw it because you're using some kind of chemical that you can't have go through your washing machine. Mm. We don't need as many of those daggy shirts as we think. That's a big one that people can cling on to. Oh, it's my around the house dress. Yeah, yeah. So like so that's something to think about as well. Let's jump into a different space in the house. So let's jump over into the kitchen where we have our crockery, we have our glasses, we have our mugs, we have knives and forks. So one of the ways we can use a magic number in the kitchen is, okay, how many 
guests am I going to have over for dinner at one time? And that's something that we can use to help us decide how many plates, how many bowls, how many spoons, all our cutlery, all that kind of stuff. And the question that then comes into play is I occasionally have people over for dinner and we end up feeding about 12 of us. But a few times a year I feed 20 to 30 people. Does that mean you should keep 30? That is the question, isn't it? Mm, It is. And the answer is a resounding no. No, you do not need to keep 30 because that's an event that only happens a small amount of the time. So for those people, Bonnie, who are in that position where they do occasionally cater and they know it's something that happens a few times a year for a higher quantity of people in their home and they don't want to have all those extra plates in their prime real estate during that time, what do they do? So there's a couple of options. If you really do do this regularly, so say like once a month you have 30 people over for dinner, first of all, do you actually have 30 places for people to be able to sit or are they just kind of wandering around with food in their hand. If you do feel like, yep, I actually need to have enough plates and cutlery and stuff for 30 people. As opposed to like canapes, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like finger foods, actually remove the excess from your prime real estate. So have a storage space somewhere. So, you know, under the stairs where you've got some dedicated boxes that are just for that extra cutlery, the extra plates, the extra glasses, that sort of thing. You might say, okay, my normal set is only eight or 10 or whatever, but I need this extra set of 20 that I'm going to pull out once a month for when I do these dinner parties. That's so you can, fine. Yeah. So you can think about it like having a catering box for those extra items. Yeah. But the important message here is that when we're looking at our prime real estate, which is what we're focusing on mm. in this example, is we take the excess out so that our daily living, our daily function isn't impinged upon by all this excess. You know, it would be super frustrating to have like really heavy drawers or things that are so piled high that you're having to pick up things to get to what yeah. you want to use. Yeah. So if you if that is stuff you use and it's not stuff that needs to be decluttered because you do use it, then consider putting it out of your prime real estate area. Yeah, absolutely. And with mugs in particular, we all tend to have our favorite mugs. And so what's the magic number that you want to keep per person in your family? Because If you're a teacher in particular, you get mugs galore. They just like accumulate. So you might decide, okay, I've got five mugs that have been given to me. They're kind of sentimental. They don't match my normal set that I would put out for guests and things. But out of those five mugs, I'm going to actually say my magic number is two. And that's what I've done because I used to have three mugs that were special. One of them was this cute little Winnie the Pooh one that you brought me back from Paris, I think. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Loving sister totally amazing (laughs) and I really love that and so that's one of my two that I keep I can't even think of what the other one is at the moment because everything's in storage but the third one I didn't want to get rid of it but it wasn't one of my favorite two so what did I do I put it in the camping kit because I didn't have a mug in the camping kit so now when we camp and I drink a cup of tea I get that little buzz of oh I'm using this mug that is special to me but it's not quite special enough to be in the daily stuff (laughs) So can you think of anything that would um, you need to figure out a magic number for in the office? Um, you might decide number of paper clips. Um, you might decide the number of pens. You need to have a bit of a boundary on your pens because let's face it, every time we go to a seminar, to a conference, to a new job, like – We just accumulate, don't we? They just are a lot of pens. I can think of a photo that got shared from one of your clients because, you know, your clients are really happy to share their before and afters most of the time and it was – all of the scissors 
that had been found all around yes. the house. And it was amazing because your client didn't realise they had that many scissors, but when they were all taken from all the different zones and locations that yeah. they ended up and put in one big pile, they were like, wow, I have so many scissors. And it's like, what's my magic number of scissors? Okay, yeah. maybe I need one specifically for cutting meat in the kitchen, yep. one for paper, and then if you're someone who uses like garden scissors, type or, scissors. Or sewing scissors or if you're crafty and you like the scissors with the jagged edge. And, you know, that was a really interesting thing for this client is she never quite found the right pair of scissors or she felt like she could never find the right pair so she kept buying and buying and buying new ones. And so once we'd actually all put it together and I said, okay, what are the key categories of scissors, kitchen scissors, craft scissors, general scissors, we were actually able to go through and she goes, okay, like my magic number of normal scissors is I only need two pairs. And so 10 or 12 of those normal scissors that she didn't need got donated to a school. So it's amazing. Win-win. Total win-win. She now had only two pairs of scissors. Um, she didn't have to worry about what to do with these extra ones. They didn't go into landfill. They went to someone else who really loved and appreciated them, but it meant that she had so much more space rather than having 40 pairs of scissors hanging around the house. So that's pretty much our wrap on the magic number. It's another tool for your tool belt. It's something that you can definitely implement when you are getting ready to go into a space and declutter it. So think about stage one, the planning stage, when you're setting your SMART goal, you want to figure out what's my magic number before I go in and tackle this space. And hopefully it's something that helps you get on top of your stuff. So this week's tidy task is to take the magic number and apply it to a space that's feeling cluttered in your home. Whether it's your linen cupboard and your sheets or your towels or even your face washers or your hand towels, take that magic number and apply it to a space that's feeling a little bit cluttered and see how you go. Post your results on our Little Home Organised Community Facebook group and let us know how you went. But that's all we have time for this week. Before we sign off, we just want to say a huge thank you to those of you who have rated and reviewed the podcast. It really does help keep it going. So if you haven't had a chance to do that yet, we would absolutely love you to jump on over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a rating and review. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoy the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.